Hello and welcome back to Deserted, a podcast where we send our guests to deserted island with only three dishes and a few ingredients. Our guests discuss their life, family, business, and lots more. I'm Lindy. And I'm Grace. And together we have over 20 food allergies and intolerances, but we are still avid foodies. So join us whilst we dive deep into our guests' experiences and their relationship with food. And find out what dishes they'll be bringing to the island. See you there. See you on the island. Hello everyone and welcome back to Deserted. I'm Lindy and I just wanted to mention that in this episode we refer to Zach's company as Anna but it is now rebranded to Kit Medical. So don't be confused when you're listening to it and we mention Anna quite a lot but it is now Kit Medical and so if you want to follow the new rebranding and the company it is all linked in the show notes below and yeah we hope you enjoy the episode and just remember it's Kit Medical. Bye! Hi guys welcome back to Deserted. Hello let's welcome Zach to the show today. Yeah Zach is from Anna um the allergy care system and we can't we're so excited to be talking to you and um yeah hi welcome (laughs) yeah yeah thank you guys for having me um it's very very cool I've only ever done sort of one podcast before so this is still the first for me and I'm a little bit nervous but I'll be nervous no you'll be fine (laughs) no we're really excited to like talk to you more about like obviously your business but like about you and like um so that our listeners and can get a little bit of insight into like who you are why you started the business but before we get started in that and talk about food and things like that we just want to know like who you are what your background is and also just touch a little bit on your business just like what it is and then we can get started into talking about the best part of the podcast which is the food (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course um so my name is zach i am an allergy sufferer got anaphylactic allergies to nuts, peas, chickpeas, and then intolerances to soya and wheat, um, also hay fever and uh, a mild allergy to dogs, even though I have a dog and I've kind of grown intolerant to him. So that's been fun. Um, and then generally in terms of me, I am a designer by trait. I studied industrial design at Loughborough University and I graduated in the COVID period um, of 2020. So sort of didn't get my graduation hat until last year, but was in that intermittent period. And for my final year major project, I came up with the concept of doing like a defibrillator for allergies style thing. And it's been something that's been on my mind for a really long time as I've always struggled to just generally carry my EpiPens around with me and I wanted something that could do that, but also tackle all the intangibles like the stigma and the um, anxiety you face and maybe even training and other aspects and came up with the idea for Anna, which I'm sure we'll go into later a bit more, um, but graduated with that. And then since then, I've just been working to develop the business. I've got a co-founder who's also a good mate of mine called James. And um, we sort of recently got our first co-working space and our on the back of a really successful pilot and looking to launch and things like that. So it's all very exciting at the moment. 
And, and I know that, you know, our listeners can't see you right now, but is that a defib- defibrillator? How do we even say it? Defibrillator? Why can't I pronounce it? Um, is that a kit behind you on the wall? Yes. Yeah, that's that's one of the prototypes. Um, that's the, like, if you've ever seen Iron Man, that's like Mark 1, that if you flew it from the <laughs> desert, it would fall apart um, if you touched it. So we don't touch that one. Uh, but I've got one here that I can show you guys after uh, that went into the pilot schools. And yeah, we made like 10 of those. Um, unfortunately, only installed in half our pilot schools before Christmas because COVID and everything just got really crazy. But we are actually installing in another pilot school tomorrow, which is really, really exciting. So I'll be posting about that. And yeah, just generally working on developing the product now. It looks quite like what I've seen as well. Um, I kind of did like a survey to see like what it could look like, how it could look better. But like, I always, I, I like that it's quite sleek. Like I wanted to say sexy, but like, it's quite like, it's quite, Cool. it's cool it's quite cool you know it's what I cool mean? Like, like you don't not... you don't want it to be uncool like allergies I, I feel like have a stigma of sort of you know the allergy kid you know Nobody. has their EpiPens have to carry their meds but actually we're not and yeah. we're perfectly normal and I think that's great that you sort of align the design to that yeah it's really cool. I'm so I'm so glad you said that I've literally said to people before somehow we've managed to make allergy care sexy like I've actually yeah. used that phrase <laughs> and you've used it before me so that's great um, yeah, I mean, coming from my like industrial design background, and then I also did a year or two in like freelance web design. And what always shone was I have very little experience, but I just have an eye for aesthetics. And going into Anna, it was always super important to me that this is going to be something that, you know, a school or a restaurant or a cinema is going to put on their wall. And I want them to want to put it on their wall. So it's got to look good. And also the fact that it can be eye catching and an allergy sufferer can sort of identify it like that was always really important to me. So yeah, the the brand being Anna, which is short for anaphylaxis, but also like a, you know, Alexa style um, ring to it and just generally being more than you'd expect from a medical kit. Yeah, and it's not as obtruse as some things. Like, you know, it goes on the wall and it doesn't, it's not going to like jump out at you being like, this is like for allergies. Like it's just quite there. And when you need it, you need, you can have it, but it's quite, simple but sleek i like it I yeah like it's, it it's great well i think that's about time that we should dive into your first dish because i'm really keen to hear about sort of the foods that you eat and have sort of shaped you of course so what is your first dish my first dish uh, okay so i did say like before i'm not a crazy chef or or um you know multi-talented chef or anything like that but I'm a creature of habit and I tend to eat the same thing every single day and I'm really sort of health conscious and health focused. So trying to get everything I can in every meal. Um, generally I have like scrambled eggs and avocado on toast every single day. And now I am wheat intolerant. So I have gluten-free bread and actually recently, I don't know if anyone else knows about it. They probably do, but I found the Warburton's uh, sourdough, gluten-free and it's like blown my mind of how good it is it's better than any other white bread i've ever had um so i've been using that at the moment and, and yeah every single day cool so it's quite you're quite simple in your choices did that does that come from not being able to eat that much and you've just decided like this is what i like and i'll eat that or is it nothing to do with your allergies like what makes you like what makes you be a simple eater um 
definitely definitely the allergy thing i've it, it was almost the case of like do i want to try something different every single day and be sort of concerned about this or do i want to knuckle down on something that i know you know tastes good does good for me and i can make fairly quickly and don't have to stress about any of that stuff and yeah f- focused in on the scrambled eggs and avocado and toast but i i do sort of have a funny story or not funny slightly scary about you know other breakfast and cereal and things like that um and the reason i ended up on this is and i actually didn't think about this until i was thinking about you know generally the story um i used to have cheerios every single day when i was younger and then obviously cheerios have wheat in them so i couldn't have that anymore and when i go to america i get really excited about the gluten-free cheerios because they're great and i wish they had them over here but then I, I was pretty much a, a Weetabix guy all the time. And I think I didn't realize that I also had wheat in, even though it says it in the name. I don't really know. I'm, I wasn't a smart kid. But my mum accidentally bought me a Weetabix fruit and nut one day when I was going to school. I think I was like 10 or 11, maybe. And completely not her fault because they changed the design of the packaging. And famously, a lot of the big companies don't really emphasize the nut in an in ingredients. And it really looked exactly the same as the chocolate chip it's just the fruit and nut was the same i had a bowl um and i had like an immediate allergic reaction to it my mum realized and freaked out we drove to the hospital and i didn't have to use an EpiPen, thankfully like it wasn't a it wasn't too serious because i realized pretty quickly um but yeah i was like from then on i'm gonna stick to something that i know the ingredients is that i don't have to worry about them changing the packaging yeah i've had honestly the exact same thing happen just with milk when my my mom I accident put regular milk in my tea versus soy milk <laughs> just just pure it's just one of those things that I feel like every mom's with a kid who has allergies worst fear yeah um but yeah so what was I guess like food like growing up and in your kitchen did your you know did your parents keep food quite simple growing up or I guess you know what what was like meal times like when you were growing up well, my mom's a baker, so I'm very privileged to uh, be eating a lot of good food. She's actually, she's got like a, a website called The Hamster Bakery and she does like amazing desserts and she's also very good at, at general food. So I've always been pretty spoilt with what we eat. And um, I think generally I know that I can't compete with her. So I've got to just, you know, make do when I make meals. And otherwise, you know, I've got like dish two that goes in quite well with, with what she makes and, and my first attempt to make food resembling a dinner yeah cool I think it's really important like I think I definitely have the way I eat is basically like how my mom used to cook for me so like I think if it's like lovely hearty meals that's where you find comfort in it and we talk a lot about comfort foods and things that you feel safe in and I think that is definitely like you know, scrambled eggs and avocado on toast is like a definite go-to for me because it is simple, but it's also quite, I mean, scrambled eggs on toast is what every people, like a lot of people have, even if they don't have allergies. Mm. It almost is kind of like, I feel normal when I have it. Like, I feel like I don't have any allergies because a lot of people have that without allergies. So I think it's nice to like have something that's simple, but you feel like you're not different as well. Because sometimes with food, you feel a bit different all the time. So I like that. I was wondering as well with when you said Warburton's, just a quick question. I don't want to go on a tangent of it. But do you eat may contain foods that eat nuts? 
I do. I do. I've never had an issue with them, honestly. And I think, you know, there's, there's different strengths of, of allergies, of course, and everyone sort of deals with it differently. I haven't had an issue, so I've never had that anxiety around it. But if I did, then I'd probably reconsider my entire approach. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, everyone has a different opinion on it. I just, I, I always like to ask people. Here. Curious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm always curious about it. Pardon? Do you guys eat meat and corn? No. So I've recently started to occasionally, but it's always like a, a gut call. Like if, you know, if I'm trying to pick out, I guess in the States, this is more common, but if you go to like Whole Foods or something, they have like a wall of like the dried fruit and the nuts. I would never have that because that to me is really may contain versus like made in the same facility as I feel more comfortable to eat. Mm. just because yes. yeah I think so, no you no, go. go ahead <laughs> no you can go it's fine <laughs> okay um I was just gonna say sort of you can you can compare it with uh, small scale supermarkets you know like li little sh shop corner groceries and then like big scale chain supermarkets where you know there's going to be a difference in what they're buying from and where they um how they store it in the in the supermarket and things like that and there's actually a corner stop right down the road from me that as you walk in there's like barrels of nuts on the floor and i don't have an airborne allergy but i just know that you know that that would cause an issue for a lot of people yeah, yeah. and i think i think i totally agree and for me the the point is that like i still eat out at restaurants quite frequently and i'm like if i'm eating in a restaurant it's always may contain versus like and if factory, there's probably even stricter cleaning protocols than they do at a restaurant when they say they prepare my food in a separate area. So that's the way that I see it. But everyone has a different approach. And I think it's right. Every choice that everyone makes is the right one for them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I just think I have so much risk anyway. And I just don't want to make more risk for myself. But I have the opposite of what you have, Grace, too. Like, you know, it's, I don't want to go more into it, but like, you know, I th find that with the restaurant, they're catering for my own personal allergens, whereas like the people who are mass producing it aren't. So like I just, but it's, it's definitely a mindset thing. And I think it's just like, I just like, I'm just always curious about what people think and how people have, how people have the mindset of like what, what they eat and what they don't eat. So it's just fascinating. Um, so why don't we just go on to your second dish and then we can talk more about um, that stuff. And I really want to learn more about what Anna does. Um, but what is your second dish? Of course. So second dish is sort of based off things my mom used to make. So re really she's incredible, at, you know, beef, chicken or salmon dishes and like I'm Jewish, so we often have a Friday night dinner, which is normally roast chicken. And that kind of rules out chicken for the rest of the week. So otherwise it's like a really good salmon dish. And my mum always used to make, and still does make, like an incredible grilled salmon with like uh, butter and garlic and lemon with rice. And it just makes me feel so, like you said, like comfort food and safe. And when I first went to university, I panicked. I was like, I do not know what to make for dinners at all. So I bought some salmon, I bought pretty much every green vegetable I can get my hands on and rice. And I just cooked it all together and, and you know, threw it in a sieve and not a sieve, um, a wok. wok. And that became my staple, like every single twice, twice or three times a week, I'd make it for dinner. 
I do like two portions, split it in a Tupperware, put it in the fridge and then have the other portion for lunch. And now I've come back from uni and I live at home and I can make it slightly better, but I still do exactly the same thing whenever I like need a comfort meal or just I have a big appetite as well. So I need a lot of food. So, so what was like your university experience like? Because I think everyone is slightly, you know, a different experience dealing with allergies at uni. Um, so I guess would love to know sort of what that was like for you and how that sort of was acted as a catalyst, I guess, for Anna. Hmm. Um, well, there's sort of two things that I guess one is, you know, catered halls and the other is living with friends. And it's going to sound bad, but like when I was in catered halls and before I really took up Anna as, as the mantle for what I wanted to do in my life, I cared a lot less about my allergies. And it's both a good and a bad thing because you become more aware of the potential dangers, but you also potentially get, you know, overthinking and anxious and just, you know, too much almost. So I was probably quite blissfully ignorant when I was in catered halls, but I do also remember, you know, talking to the staff and, and them being pretty assuring of what they do and what they don't do. And letting me know that there's no nuts in this. And occasionally if I was getting a dessert or something and they wouldn't really be able to tell me, I always err on the portion of, you know, it's not worth it. Don't have it. Um, then with Kate, sorry, self catered when I was in houses, my boys that I live with at uni, you know, there, there's a certain degree of which you have to explain, like, please don't leave the peanut butter knife on the counter. It's just like, I'm not going to, you know, have a really bad reaction to it being there, but the potential for cross-contamination and things like that, just, just that slightly higher level of care that they have to do because of you is something that is potentially hard for people to adapt to. And thankfully I didn't have any issues and I cooked for myself pretty well. Um, but I am a very organized person and I sort of bought every bit of cutlery and, and cooking ware that was possible. And then all my flatmates would use it. And I just had to make sure it was like washed up very, very well. Cause I never knew what they were making. Yeah. That's reminds, reminds me a lot of my own experience. I think I even bought my own separate pans and stuff and like taped around it and put GG on it so it would be separate from everyone else's but yeah yeah I think it is really important to do that but also it's I remember like sometimes I look back and think what a time I had in uni because I was so ignorant like there are so many things I I don't do now and me and my friends always talk I'm like I used to eat that like I used to do this I used to you know not care about whether a knife had where the knife had gone or anything mm -hmm. like that and now there are so many things I don't do but when I was younger I definitely thought I was invincible I knew I had allergies obviously and I'd had multiple attacks so it's not like I didn't know <laughs> it was serious yeah. but there are some times where I think when you are younger every teenager and every like 18 year old always thinks that they are invincible yeah that nothing could harm them you know, and I had a lot of things, I don't know about you, but I had a lot of things I didn't do when I was sober. And then I did when I was drinking. Yeah. And like, that was hard too. Because yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink from another glass when I was sober. But the minute I was a little bit tipsy, I was like, Oh, yeah, I'll have that. Oh, yeah, fine. You can pour me that drink. And everything went out the window. So yeah, it, it's hard to navigate allergies and uni. Um, I never did mm. um, catering, but definitely 
I went through, I bought a lot of pans from, um, yeah, Tesco throughout my years. <laughs> and a lot of times I just constantly bought, you know, different cutlery from ev in every different, yeah. like, housing location. I would buy new <laughs> things every time. Because people would leave. It's not worth it. No, and yeah. people would use them all the time. And it's just like, I have to buy another one. Because it's. I thought it was my fault. It was my mm. issue. So it's not their issue, it's my issue. So yeah. It is a, it's a really weird thing with how allergies and, and, and uni are sort of these opposing forces. Because uni is inherently you're trying to fit in. Yeah. And allergies makes you stand out. And, and unfortunately, allergies has a connotation of, you know, being uncool or being difficult which is something that I think thankfully through the Instagram community and just things that are happening now and Natasha's law coming out is becoming more and more uh, knowledgeable and, and casual and people are caring less, which is good. Um, and also taking the right precautions, but, you know, just, just thinking about the end of the night in the, in the six form center and, and everyone I was with going to the, the noodle place and wanting to get just like quick noodles while they were drunk, while they went to bed. And it's like, you know, in part sobers me up because I'm thinking like, oh, you know, should I do this? Is, is this worth it? Do I, do I need this? Are they going to listen to me? Are they going to understand me? It's just plain noodles. It should be fine. But it, do I have to be difficult here in front of my friends? Like the, the whole process is just something that, you know, even if you don't have that severe of an allergy, it's still probably going through your head. And if you don't have an allergy at all, you're just completely unaware of it. And, you know, so, so happy go lucky with everything. It's, it's not a mindset I can even imagine yeah and then it's, it's, so, like it's so interesting I sorry I totally agree I think that it's a weird one in college and like even in high school and school I think we grow up feeling like ashamed at least I did of you know the allergies and feeling embarrassed about it but as I've gotten older you know I think the biggest thing we can do is just be an advocate for ourselves and be confident because if someone has a problem with you having an allergy or doesn't understand it then like I guess there's no skin off our back, right? It's the, it's their problem that they don't understand. All we can do is just like, that. this is who we are and this is what we have. And there's, you know, if they don't understand, then that's their problem really. <laughs> As in not the people making the food, but like the friends or people who might question you like making a bigger deal at a restaurant just because we have to. Yeah. 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 And I don't think it's only like being, getting older. I think it's more, a lot of people now are advocating and we we see a lot more people sharing yeah. their story and doing doing more for the community and doing more like on the ground especially like you with Anna like a lot of people are advocates online a lot of people are talking about it we now have allergy free from shows you know there's a lot more people that are really championing the allergy community which allows us yeah. to feel like oh I'm not in this alone and I can stand up for myself because there are a lot more of us out there. And I always say like when I was alone, felt like I was the only person with allergies. It was really hard for me to be confident because it was me. It was only me. But now there's so many people. And the fact is that there are so many people now with allergies. I'm like, oh, it's not just me that I'm advocating for. It's a lot yeah. of other people. And there's a lot more demand for people <clears throat> to live a good life with allergies it's not like a couple yeah. of people around the world. So I think I want to hear a little bit more about how you started Anna, because I think that's just really important. And like, what was the driving force behind it? Yeah, of course. I 
you know, me and my co-founder James, it's it's really interesting because he doesn't have allergies. <clears throat> his sister and his best friend both do. And then obviously me, who he's close to, has allergies as well. And his general awareness of the whole thing has increased tenfold, obviously, since starting Anna, but also in, in the last year and everything that's been happening. It's so much more on the news. Um, but again, what's bizarre is that the best friend still will not carry his auto injectors with him when he goes out for dinner. And there's still such a casual atmosphere around having an allergy and, you know, relating to a dietary requirement and all of this sort of stuff. And that's kind of what originally pushed me to do something like Anna. Um, I always knew that, as I said before, like I wanted, sorry, auto injectors to be more, carryable whether that was to be minimized or, or stopped somewhere and when i was at university i looked into potentially you know merging an inhaler and an auto injector together into one carryable device which i'm sure like a million people have thought of before i made like one mock-up of it as a designer i have not really got an engineering bone in my body so i had no clue how it would actually work in real life um and the idea died as quickly as it could have started but from there, I started looking at defibrillators and thinking, you know, they're more than just an emergency piece of equipment in case it's needed. It's a beacon of, you know, look at this. This is what you use in case of a cardiac arrest. And because of that, you know, things like heart attack and, and cardiac arrest, I'm not sure if they've increased or decreased in, in likelihood or sort of awareness but defibrillators certainly have. And, you know, there was an incident on the football pitch. I'm not a football fan, but I know it happened recently. And all of a sudden there are defibrillators everywhere in the UK. And those two things are directly linked, but asking the server to make sure there's no nuts in your food and, you know, having a life threatening anaphylactic reaction are two things that people don't normally connect. So I wanted to create something that could be a beacon that then once you identify, you understand that's life-saving medication for this life-threatening issue, you know, that that doesn't really exist in the allergy space right now. Um, And then it became clear that as as well as that, auto-injectors and the general allergy medication out there has been redesigned time and time again by so many students. And it doesn't really make an impact on the industry itself. There's, you know, EpiPen and Jex and Emirate and LVQ in America. And other than that, it's sort of just a ego passion project type thing. If someone brings out a new water injector. So trying to be practical, I thought about putting in the existing medication and then what that's lacking. And with that, it became clear, it needs to be more visible. It needs to be securely stored, ideally have training behind it. And then of course, the expiration dates are so hard to keep track of. So the main concept with Anna is to sort of be this all-in-one safeguarding system. So you put your water injectors inside it, you pay for the subscription service as a venue. And then from there, we give you the software and that's keeping track of expiry dates every year. That's telling you to like check on the box monthly to make sure it hasn't been tampered with. It's giving you and your staff access to training. It's allowing for instant reporting in case something happens and then we can replenish that. And, you know, all of this originally was a bit of a pipe dream and I started it, finished uni with the concepts uh, to go in public places. So with, more of a view of restaurants and cinemas and hotels and things like that and I quite naively thought that would be an easy thing to do until I realized that legislation currently in the UK only allows for auto injectors to be either held on an individual or put in a school um, as a result of 
Karen Bay team has done in 2017 with whether UK government passed new legislation. So we sort of pivoted, made a more simple product that could really help out school nurses in particular. And we were speaking to loads of school nurses and finding out what their main problems were. And through that, we launched the pilot where we created that prototype and have just had the most unbelievable feedback from the Instagram, Instagram community, uh, other business mentors on LinkedIn and things like that. And of course, our pilot schools themselves and the nurses and uh, sort of safeguarding leads and even head teachers at schools that have all said, you know, the sort of concept is incredible. The idea is there. And now we're in the stage of further developing the product so that we can launch with something that we're going to be really proud to call the new standard for allergy care. Incredible. Just so incredible. Like I just cannot, it's going to have such a huge impact on just like what we were speaking about earlier on how things have just changed over the years. And I mean, I'm sure like you're, I'm sure when we were all growing up, our parents had to go around and like teach people how to use an EpiPen on like an old expired one and on orange and, and all of that fun stuff. But you're actually like training the, the professionals on how to, how to use it. I remember my school, like it was only the like one, I was the only, I carried my EpiPen, but there was another girl who had allergies um, and they wouldn't let her carry it herself. And it was only the nurse's office that had to have it. And mm. then she had an anaphylactic reaction and it took her so long to get to the nurse's office. And luckily like she's, she's fine. But mm. for me, like they told me I had to do that too but my mom was like nah she's having it so I did it secretly but like having it on the walls in school would it's just a lot safer for yeah. kids and then they don't have to feel like they have to keep a bag next to them they can just be with their friends going around school and knowing that there's something there that's safe I think it's just really important I know that there were when I was younger they were trying to get it around the country in mm. different places and it was like you said really hard to do because the law says that you can't do it um and like that's really hard too but like by you I don't know like like we said at the beginning like by you like I think it was before we recorded but by it being sexier and by it being sleeker and by it being more aesthetic there's a lot more of a chance for it to be I don't know for it to, I feel like it's to be there. I feel like it's also kind of like you've just hit the nail on the head of right place, right time a little yeah. bit. Like there's always, I feel like not that I'm not at all trying to take away from the work that you're doing, but you know, I think sometimes there just was such a lack of understanding when we were growing up. And now since, you know, things like Natasha's law and, and all of that, that there's just a little bit more, the world sees allergies more for, you know, what they are. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, you know, I'd be blind to say I didn't realize that it's and it was something that I did in university and yeah. during that period when I graduated and was doing freelance web design and things like that. It wasn't my intention to be my own boss and continue. I thought the hill was too steep to climb. And it was my best friend and my dad and, and a few other people in my life that were like, this is an unbelievable opportunity. There is so much going on right now in this space. And you've developed something that could genuinely help. It's going to be really hard, but you would regret it for the rest of your life if you didn't try. And I sort of spent like a good half year just sitting at my desk in my bedroom, like developing the business case and looking into more product stories and seeing if it could actually work. And, you know, we reached out to OLK 
who uh, developed the Jack's daughter and Jackter, and we have a brilliant relationship with them. And just the whole thing is really, it's yeah, it's it's been a truly lucky experience. Um, I was just wondering if you found like more support by the fact that you have allergies, because mm. I think so many people that create these kinds of products for. I don't know the community a lot of them don't have any allergies they just see something in the market and sometimes I think like by somebody who has experienced this backing mm. it and have made it people rally around them a little bit more do you find that you get more support because you are in the community as well totally I think it's been one of the main things that has sort of driven my whole approach to how I've intended to launch Anna. So essentially the prototype was, you know, the best thing that most people had seen in the space. Certainly schools, you know, it's better. That is better than zero um, in terms of it's a, it's a box on the wall. It works, it's connected. But for me, I knew that didn't solve the problem already. And previously I'd seen, you know, other yellow cross bags and just, just general things. My perfectionism of, of being an allergy sufferer and knowing that it's, it's just not good enough if it doesn't do the full job, if it's not completely visible, if it's not fully connected, um, if you can't depend on it to always have in-date medication, then there's going to be room for human error. And that's not good enough in terms of allergies. So both that being my own internal driver and also how people perceive me and, and, and the general Anna story, like we're doing it because of a why, not because of profit. And we're going to be able to make money off it because people see it as a no brainer almost. And, and, you know, we've worked really hard on developing something that is truly worth what it costs. But along with that, you know, certain investors have joined because they've been sold on like the story and ALK absolutely fell in love with us. And I think in terms of potential competitors, it's not going to work unless you know, you're really there for the core reasons of, of sort of, I'm solving it for myself. I'm, I'm being selfish with it, but I know that there's so many other people that want to see it uh, solved as well. Yeah. It's going to make it such a, it makes such a huge impact on so many people. Um, but with that, I want to get into your third dish that you'll bring to the Island. Yeah. Okay. So again, creature of habit and I, I don't know. I find this a bit of an interesting one. It's kind of what uh, Lindy touched on earlier with trying not to be boring. I think I think it's how you phrase it, and and also not being you know scared of things. And I've always viewed any foreign food as potentially a threat because you know there's there's unknown seasonings or spices or ingredients or whatever. And I I said I was allergic to nuts and peas and things like that. But I've had myself checked, you know, skin prick tests and blood tests and things like that every three to four years. And I used to be allergic to all sorts of beans and legumes. And now I'm not as of about three years ago. And it, it's weird. I was allergic to beans and I wasn't allergic to peas. And now the two have swapped places. So <laughs> I now I'm not allergic to beans. And as I said, I'm very health conscious and I'm aware they're really, really good for you. So I started making like rice and bean burritos with like, you know, homemade salsa and lettuce and a bunch of other things in them for lunches most days uh, probably when I started taking Anna seriously about like a, a year ago because they're really convenient to make and since then they've just been like a daily staple in my life and my family take the piss out of me every day because I make the same thing every day but it's so good and it works and every single time I eat it it's like a little middle finger to my allergies being like I can eat this now oh 
Mexican food is the best. <laughs> it's the best. It's such a good. It's such a good cuisine. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm allergic to beans and peas, but I think I'm starting to not be allergic to beans, which I cannot wait to do a challenge for it because I really want to eat. Awesome. I used to eat Heinz baked beans, and I don't know why yeah. I stopped. But yeah, <laughs> I really, I really want to eat it because it is really good. It's good in protein. It's really diverse. You can make mm. bean dip, which we had on another um, podcast that we had. We talked about bean dip, and I got really jealous that people were like, you know, <laughs> like salivating over beans. <laughs> so, have you like done much traveling at all? And how has that been? You know, because I mean, I think we all have a degree of fear of for trying new foods and stuff. But I'm always curious to see how people deal with their allergies traveling and literally with foreign food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have been around a fair bit, especially generally with my family. We go on holidays uh, maybe once or twice a year, especially when I was, when I was younger as well, because I've got older sisters now and they've sort of moved out. We all used to go to America every year. And uh, we also went to Thailand, I think, when I was younger. Which is weird because now I'd be terrified to go, but you, you know, kind of like you said, you, you're just ignorant when you're younger. Um, and I believe that was fine. I think my mum did all the worrying for me at that age, and you know, asked asked wherever we were to make sure there were no nuts in it. But nowadays, I travel abroad a fair amount. Go, go around Europe, go around America. I actually did a European road trip two years ago with some of my best friends, which was which was amazing, and. Um, sort of goes on to another question that uh, I survived off a diet of snacking on cliff bars because I would always just need, need something to fulfill me in between meals and they would happily go and get like a pizza or, or pasta or like anything easy and being wheat intolerant, that's just not going to do me at all. Um, so with that, yeah. And also with uh, fast food and other things that would normally be the allergy person staple because you can depend on them it just is such an ick for me because I just know how bad it is for you. So I always try and avoid that. And I don't know, we'll probably end up spending more money than the average person on food just to get somewhere that's like really transparent with their ingredients. Um, I have, well, both my sisters have traveled to Asia and done like uh, hitchhiking, hitchhiking, backpacking trips, which I just could not do because it would, you know, I, I don't know what I'd eat. Um, but hopefully, you know, as things open up and sort of my dream as well is to put Anna in every country and then allow allergy sufferers to find allergy safe venues and things like that. Who knows? Yeah, that's so that kind of touches on my next question is what's your like the the future that you see for Anna or what's the what's the, the goal? Or I guess there probably are many goals, but <laughs> um, where do you see Anna going or where would you love to see Anna going? It's a tough one not one I'd be able to answer um, until kind of recently, actually, because so me, me and my co-founder James sort of started this new year with a whole bunch of strategy sessions, just trying to really get our heads around like what the plan is, where we're going, you know, we closed off the pilot phase and it's now, it's real life essentially. Um, we either have to make more money or it's game over. Um, and we've got our heads on screwed real tight at the moment and it's interesting because obviously he's not an allergy sufferer, as I've said, and I am. So I'm much more passion driven. And I've said to him, I'm not leaving this until the job is done. 
you know, I like, this is not something that I am abandoning in any way, shape or form. I'm not selling the company if that potential ever came until I'm happy that I've exhausted all options of, you know, this is in every public place. This has been built out to the degree which I want to do with hardware and software, um, all of those sorts of things. And he's completely on board with that, which is incredible to have a co-founder on, on that level. Um, but I've also, since starting Anna, been, you know, as of meeting you guys as well, like aware of the allergy community and aware of people like the allergy team and allergy companions and uh, reveal my food and so many other entrepreneurs in the allergy space that I would just absolutely love to be partnering with in some way, shape or form so that there's just a general air of, you know, allergy innovation in, in, in every public space. So I think linking up that with the actual community of people and venues all together to tie in one nice clean allergy care service is, is where I see it going. Which would be amazing. I always <laughs> think about like, <laughs> I always think about my children and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I guess it's not typically genetic, but I'm pretty sure my children will have at least one type of like a topic thing because I have all of it. I'm pretty sure one of them will. Um, and I think, what would it be like for my kid versus how it was for me 30 years ago? It ha it has to be better. Like, it's better now. It has to be better. And I'm so excited when I see somebody, you know, when I meet somebody who's passionate, but, like, see somebody like you, see somebody like Ludo who does Reveal My Food, somebody who's super passionate about making this world better for the long term. I'm like, oh, this is how my kids will grow up. Mm -hmm. They will be able to have these in schools, be able to QR code and know what ingredients there are in a certain dish at a restaurant. Like that is something that gets me excited. And it's just, it's just really cool. Like <laughs> I'm just, I just get, I get excited. Cause then I can go, oh, I, what can I do now? If yeah. they're doing this, I need to make a difference as well. So I think it's like, I don't know, it's just really fun to like talk about the future of allergy and allergy awareness. And yeah, I think it's really cool. And also like I do content creator, you're actually making a difference. So I think that's just really cool. Like, yeah, I'm going to start fangirling over it, but. <laughs> God, I, I really appreciate that. And I, trust me, like I get jealous on the opposite ends. Um, James sometimes have to, has to reel me back a little bit. Cause I just want to like post on Instagram and really focus on like garnering a community. But at the end of the day, we have to work on being, you know, the physical presence and, and let all you guys develop the community in the background, hopefully. Um, cause it's, it, it's so different. Like it's so different developing a business and a product to, um, doing a blog or a podcast or whatever, but they're so important to culminate at the same time because without one you know the voice is lost and without the other the the sort of vehicle for change is lost which is why our community is so cool because we have all of us like we have the people who are making products and we have the people who are just trying to build confidence in the community and i think the more both of us champion each side the better the community will be yeah. and it's like it's just really important to have both but Anyway, we have come to the end of the dishes and um, at the end, we like to give you something to take to the island. Um, just a few like pieces. And so the first one is an ingredient that you can take to the island. What ingredient are you going to take? 
Is this something to like eat standalone or to cook just, with? Yeah, just one single ingredient. People can take coffee, olive oil, salt. It's like, it's up to you. Um, God, I'm useless without my coffee in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I, oh, I'm a bit of a fiend for rice. Is that weird? Like just, yeah, it, yeah. It, in terms of getting your carbs in, like, be, you know, being wheat intolerant, it's rice is just one of those things that is such a staple and I will have mounds and mounds of it and, you know, cook it with all sorts of flavors and things like that. So probably rice because I could have it with any protein and any veg. Rice is so versatile. That's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> it was, it's really good. Like it can be mushy. It can be a flour. It can be mm. crispy. It can go with anything like you can like, you can spice it with flowers and herbs that you find on the on the island so yeah. i think that's a great one that is perfect yeah. absolutely Typical rice. <laughs> also we ask you like um obviously like we ask for a favorite product that you would take to the island and i know like anna is a product but you know you've got you've got certain things inside of the anna system mm. that is in there what would you take to the island that's within the actual system is this a it's not a food then it's just no a... it's your product so it's a it's a product of yours but i know that you've got like a full system that you could take if you wanted to take the full system you can take it but like what's the most important thing for you inside of your system um oh. well when it gets to the point in time where anna can hopefully uh guide you through instructions and be a voice and I basically got my own Jarvis and that would be pretty cool to have with me. <laughs> that's cool yeah that's cool I think that, um, would, that would be really fun yeah that would that's be cool. the goal that's the goal we'll get there and also in the spirit of sort of being brand focused and sort of um uplifting the community this season what's your kind of favorite or two favorite go to um like food accounts or other um food brands or products that you couldn't live without that you would want to take with you um in terms of a food brand i'd say bulk is like just an absolute staple that i use i have so many of their like health food powders and, and protein powders and like goji berries and uh supplement pills as well just like all of their stuff I find to be absolutely fantastic. And especially, you know, if you can't have certain foods or certain nutrients or other things that you're allergic to, it's really great to discover new things that are great for you from, you know, health food brands that you didn't know existed essentially. And um, I like have a smoothie every single day full of fruit and powders and things like that. And that's an amazing way to just keep on top of all your nutrients. So probably bulk. Yeah, they, they were great with sunflower seed seeds when in 2020 i was obsessed i bought like 12 packs of sunflower seeds <laughs> so <laughs> that was great um okay so this is my favorite part of the podcast apart from like talking to the guests <laughs> this is my my favorite part is unfortunately you're on this island si sipping like a lovely alcoholic beverage and suddenly a massive wave comes onto the island and washes two of your dishes away what dish would you want to have been saved? What dish would I want to have been saved? Of the three that I said? Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, oh. Got to be the salmon risotto. 
Nice. Mm. Got to be the salmon risotto. It's got everything in it. I can have it for lunch or dinner. You know, truly versatile or breakfast if I'm feeling crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a good. That's a good dish. Well, thank you so much. This was such a fun such an inspiring episode as well um i feel like anna is just going to take over the world but if you want to plug um sort of where people can find you on instagram or website um now is your chance to plug yourself yeah sure we're anna allergy care everywhere that's sort of an ana with a full stop because it's short for anaphylaxis um we're currently our website is anna.systems i think we might be changing it to anna allergy care but generally yeah we're called anna allergy care and that's where you can find us everywhere yeah no it was really cool to talk to you and like to learn more about your why and your business and um i think like considering that i've only just like discovered you you know in the last few months and now like you're really doing a lot of work like on the ground and I think that's just so important mm-hmm. I think it's gonna like I'm excited to see what will happen like within the next year you know I think it, you're gonna like really take off and yeah I just I'm yeah I'm just really excited <laughs> Me too. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. yeah it, it's, been, it's been really crazy recently especially you know we did the pilot installs which we always thought we were gonna do but then the pilot schools asked us to come in and sort of especially me to like speak from my experience on allergies to the kids and tell them about the Anna system and get their awareness up for that as well so I think there's so much potential for what we can do and also including the community and I you know we'll keep everyone up to date with everything we're going on with yeah I just last question um just quickly what has been the best part about starting this business for you oh you can't drop Drop that on me right at the end. I know. That's a tough just, one, Lindy. <laughs> I just want to know. Just It can be so simple. I just want to know, like, something that, like, yeah, like, you know, your why. Like, what's the best part? The best part? I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Hmm. I really could not imagine doing anything else. Like, when I was doing... It's quite nice because I got the opportunity to do freelance web design in between and sort of, you know, work for other clients and also do what I thought was my passion, which was, you know, designing something from scratch for someone else and helping their business. And even still, I just felt some some sense of like, you know, there's got to be more here, like whatever this is, it's the same project over and over. And as soon as I started Anna, um, you know, there's deep sense of anxiety and like not understanding what's going to be happening tomorrow or the next week, or, uh, is this going to work? Could something go wrong? But at the same time, the highs are incredible and like, you don't get this opportunity otherwise. So being able to work on that and, and not have, you know, the other, the other thing going on, whatever that would be three months web design or whatever is just what I'm the most grateful for, I think. Cool. You found your purpose. I think that's yeah. That's an awesome way to I think end the episode. Yeah. Such a such a nice note. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for joining. This was yeah. really incredible. Yeah, and thanks cool. for Thank listening. Yeah, really good. And thanks for listening, guys. And um, all the links and everything will be in the show notes. So um, head over there and check out Anna. And um, yeah, see you in the next episode. See you next time. Bye. 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 Yeah. <laughs>